for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! One, and welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. Uh, it's been a minute, it's been about... Didn't do one last week. Um, I don't think we got one out the week before, so it's been a little. It's been a little bit. Been two weeks since we got a podcast episode out. But me and Tyler were talking about it last night. Uh, there's this thing called burnt out that happens to college students. You know, like the motivation kind of dies out, especially when we're rolling into finals right now. Uh, but I feel, I, dude, it happens in adults too. Don't even say it's just college students. It happens with adults too, especially around the holidays. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm feeling that burnt off feeling kind of waft over me and go away now, which is good shit. So I'm ready to dive into some football. I'm hype. Uh, how we feeling, man? Yeah. The other thing, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. The other thing, just to keep in mind, is it is a long, grueling season for the players, just like us as being podcasters. I mean, you know, it, it week in, week out. I think it was a perfect time to take a little break, hit the reset button, and get ready here for the stretch run. We got the playoffs obviously coming up for fantasy and NFL um, because we're only, what, two weeks away, really and truly, from probably fantasy playoffs starting. It's crazy to think about that. We're already here when we were just talking about mock drafts in the beginning of the year and you were drafting your team to see how great or how bad it's turned out to be. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 that time of the year. You know, the holiday season obviously is kicking into full gear, but that also means NFL season is kicking into full gear. We're right in between Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas and Hanukkah, so it's 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 go time. Yeah, for sure. And as we arrive on uh, fantasy playoff season in just two weeks for most leagues, uh, we want to do something a little uh, a little different for this opening episode of the week. And we were we were gonna do just our regular old uh, studs and duds, but we're putting a twist on it where we're picking some of our studs and some of our duds for the fantasy playoffs as they approach. So studs are guys that we feel good about going into the fantasy playoffs, uh, guys that you should really look to start every single week, guys that have really solid schedules going into the fantasy playoffs, and guys that we generally just feel good about on their, on their outlook for the playoffs. And then vice versa for duds, guys with shitty schedules, guys with shitty outlooks will end up on that duds list. Um, but we're going to do this a little different formatting today too we're gonna do it more draft style so it's uh two quarterback two running back two wide receiver two tight end right yep fuck yeah so we're each gonna draft uh that team respectively uh two uh, for studs and then for duds so a little bit of a draft format looking forward to it man let's fucking uh let's fucking dive into yeah basically so yeah, so, so like, for instance, if you go first, then I'll take second and third pick, then you'll take fourth and fifth, and so on and so forth. Um, and it'll, we'll each put together two eight-man teams, one for studs and one for duds. And what you're going to do with the duds is you're also going to draft guys that you think are going to flame out. Now, I'm not saying that you can go and draft, like, a Baker Mayfield who isn't even starting or, like, a, it has to be a comparable starter in fantasy, somebody that is either – no doubt, it doesn't matter. They're 100% starting, or guys that might be on that fringe, you know, like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, or maybe a tight end one, tight end two, RB2, a flex option. So it can't be egregious. It has to be in the parameters of the game, basically, I think is what I'm alluding to. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I think it's interesting format, you know, something, spice it up a little bit, get ourselves rejuvenated, get the gears flowing again. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know I've got some stuff to, to play for here in the f next couple of weeks and then transitioning into the postseason as well. So uh, I'm going to be looking at this pretty in depth, as I hope others will be as well. Fuck yeah. And the plan is we'll probably put out, uh, I'll probably get Jaden to put out these teams on Instagram so people can take a look at the studs and duds teams going into fantasy playoffs. But uh, it'll be a good time. And the same thing that you said with the duds, uh, notable guys, uh, kind of the same principle applies with studs, but in the opposite way. Um, obviously, you're going to start guys like fucking Derrick Henry, who has a phenomenal playoff schedule coming forward. Right. Like, obviously, you're going to start that guy. He's not going to be on our studs list. We're looking for guys that are kind of sneaky starts heading into fantasy playoffs and guys that you could legitimately win your league. Like, 
you think back to guys that have won leagues in the past that really came out of nowhere in the playoffs. Rashad Penny last year. Mm, exactly. Great example. Uh, Tyler Lockett has really come in big and won people fantasy playoffs. Um, he won my... Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm, another great one. Uh, Odell Beckham was a huge throwback, yeah. uh, huge playoff push um, when we acquired, when you got him off waivers in his rookie year. So... Yeah, without uh, further ado, let's dive into this little uh, draft format that we got. Who uh, rock paper scissors for first pick? Nah, you can go first. I'll give. I'll. I'll. I'll concede studs number one pick to you, and then duds. I'll go number one. Okay. All right. Well, I'm with it. Let's dive into it. Okay, with my first overall pick, um, I'll go with uh, running back or wide receiver. Just considering how things have been, uh, just considering for normal fantasy football formats and looking at the schedules here according to fantasy pros and looking at his schedule jeez man fuck yeah this is gonna be my guy that i go first overall and it's weird to say that this guy is gonna go first overall in any draft um but my first overall pick in this studs and studs or studs and yeah this studs draft will be michael carter jr Running back from the Jets. That's a good pick. Yeah, he's. I think he really could lead some teams to fantasy playoff stardom. Um, you look at his upcoming schedule. So week fourteen, he's got at Buffalo, um, and then he fifteen, he's got Detroit. Week sixteen, he's got Jacksonville. Week seventeen, he plays at Seattle, and then in week eighteen, he plays at Miami. According to Fantasy Pros, this is the fourth easiest schedule remaining among active running backs. Uh, this is a guy that has really stepped up in the absence of Brees Hall. Um, I've always been a MCJ advocate ever since he came out of North Carolina. Um, he was kind of him and Javante Williams coming out were a one-two punch out of North Carolina. And Javante really, with his stardom that he had last year, really developed himself and made himself the clear Tar Heel back that's going to do really well in the league. And then MCJ was kind of uh, canceled out, especially with the Jets drafting Brees Hall. Uh, but now no more Brees Hall. James Robinson was just a healthy scratch the other day. So it's clearly Michael Carter Jr.'s backfield. Only other guy that would offer some kind of resistance to that is fucking ty johnson i saw him getting some carries um i think james robinson will be activated yeah i i don't think i don't think he's gonna stay a healthy scratch but i i love the pick um you know you talked about their schedule going down the stretch i mean games against detroit games against minnesota obviously i'm a vikings fan but still the run defense has been pretty porous um games against Jacksonville games against Seattle like these aren't very good run defense I mean we saw what Josh Jacobs did this past week against Seattle so um if you can get him against Seattle in the semifinals in week seven or in the finals excuse me in the championship um he's absolutely worth the flex play now only reservation I'm gonna have on that is his injury mm. hopefully it's just I know they came out and said I believe it's a minor minor ankle sprain Donovan Knight might want to go scoop him up off waivers if he hasn't been scooped up already just especially if you have mcj just to have him as a safety net um but i i like you said with the the um the schedule down the stretch not only that but you got to put in what the teams orient themselves off of and they're a run oriented team they're going to give the rock to the running back they're going to take the ball out of the quarterback's hand i know i know mike white i get it i get it but is that sustainable we saw it last year where he had that one huge game for 400-some yards, I think, against the Bengals. And then it was okay. It wasn't great. And then it kind of just fluttered out. So the honeymoon stage is here right now for Jets fans when it comes to Mike White. Is it sustainable? We'll see. But you know you're going to rely on the ground game, um, pretty much, especially down the stretch. You're going to rely on the run game and your defense. So I, I really like to pick as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. I was uh, I was looking at the matchups again, dude. Like, obviously Buffalo has a stout defense, but um, you go into Detroit, who currently ranks their middle of the pack. Didn't Jamal, Williams, didn't Jamal Williams just have two or three touchdowns on Buffalo's run D this past mm -hmm. week? Maybe it wasn't three. Was, Maybe he only had two. one or two, but still. Yeah, I mean, they were right. They're, uh, the Bills are middle of the pack as far as fantasy points per game allowed to running backs, and so are the Lions. But, I mean, in fantasy playoff time, that's not a bad option. And then you dive into fucking Jacksonville, who rank as the 19th best defense against running backs. Middle of the pack. You don't have any brutal matchups. And then Seattle, 30th. 
I mean, they fucking stink against a run, and Miami isn't too hot either. They're sort of kind of that's the last game of the year. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of fantasy leagues will more than likely be over then. If you that's the other thing I want to point out right now. If you if you play in a league that the final week is your championship week, that's bullshit because so many teams are resting players for the playoffs. Like it's an absolute crapshoot. Like your quarterback one could be like John Wolford that week or something. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but like that's what it could end up being is something like that. So get out of that league. If you're, if your championships in week 18 championships should be in week 17. Um, but yeah, I definitely had to make note of that. Dude, No, I mean, I can't agree with you more. A duck league, the league that we've been referencing all year, uh, that's ran by Jaden. Now he switched the playoffs to being week fucking 18. And two years ago, I played against him, and it was the uh, it was the week that Dalvin Cook's dad died. Dalvin wasn't playing, and then I had like three or four players on bye. So like Jeff Wilson was the best player on my roster that week, and it's fucking ridiculous. Jay, Jaden, I know you're gonna be listening to this. Switch that fucking settings for next year, dude. It's fucking ridiculous. You're the only one that thinks it's logical. Anyway, let's hand it over to MCJ. Yeah. MCJ first pick. I I like it. Um, all right, second and third pick for me. First pick I'm going to go with, and I think this guy is going to burst on the scene. I've been hyping him up since, like, week seven, I want to say. Kyron Williams. Um, yep, I'm also going to go with a running back with this pick as well. Um, I think that with the Rams pretty much being out of it, they're going to see what they've got out of this rookie out of Notre Dame. Sprained his ankle week one, was put on the IR designated to return list, came back. He has completely out-touched Cam Akers. He had five or six catches this week against the Chiefs. If Bryce Perkins is the quarterback, it's dump-offs and it's runs. That's all it is. And if you look at his schedule coming up as well, which I think is, is a pretty favorable schedule as well, this week he's got the Seahawks. Next week he's got the Raiders. The week after that he's got the Packers, which in my opinion aren't the same without Rashawn Gary. Um, then he's got the Broncos, which, I mean, Foreman still had a solid game this week. And then final week, he's got the Chargers, who aren't the best run defense either. So I think he's got an incredible schedule, but I think the opportunity for him to succeed is right there for the taking. Like I said, he's out snapping his competition. He's getting work. He's a three down back. He's getting work, a lot of work in the passing game. So if you're in PPR leagues, this is an RB2 flex, no doubt about it, in my opinion, especially with that schedule going down the stretch. Um, what's your take on Kyron? Well, first of all, I mean, if he's not picked up in your league yet, go and do that right now. Like, they were, he was probably picked up on this week's round of claims. Uh, so this morning, he's probably in most leagues. But if he is available in any sort of PPR league right now, go and get him. Jaden snagged his claim for Kyron um, in Duck League this morning. I, I had a claim on him. Like, five different people had a claim on him. So, yeah, I love the Kyron pick. And it, I can't believe that Cam Akers is just done. Like, and he's done. Like, he's especially done. Like, it's one of the weirdest situations of all time. Like, he seemed guaranteed to be headed out of town in L.A. And then they're like, oh, we couldn't trade you. Okay, let you, you could stick around and play football with us for a little bit. But, I mean, that whole situation's fucked. They're looking for a new running back. And Matthew Stafford looks like, right now, he's out again this week. So, he there's a potential that he might get shut down for the rest of the year with how things are going. So, that means more dump-offs. And that means more good things for a guy like Kyron Williams. So I love it, dude. Yeah, and this, like I said, this is a guy I've been on pretty much since week seven, week eight, maybe. He's been somebody that I've just been stashing and holding on to week in, week out. I think I've got him in, I have like four or five big leagues. I think I have him in three or four. Um, the one's an eight man, so I didn't pick him up there. But if you're in a 10 or 12 league, yeah, I absolutely love this guy going down the stretch. And if you remember, at the beginning of the year, one of the most proclaimed NFL sources out there, Mr. Adam Schefter, said this was his guy that was going to break out in the second half and was going to be that, that fantasy football playoff star. So the opportunities here, the times here, the projection was there. We'll see what he's got. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like him. I've got him as my RB3 in my, in my uh, biggest league, so I'm very happy with him. Um, but, yeah, kind of moving on, uh, I feel like I got to go with a um, – with a tight end here. And it's very weird that I would take a tight end here, but I think this guy is, mm. is going to break out. I know there's a lot of mouths to feed here. And this guy, he probably is like a tight end five, six. So it's not that much of a limb that I'm going to take him, but I'm going with TJ Hawkinson here. Um, the Vikings schedule sets up really nicely down the stretch for tight ends. Um, I think it's like the third or fourth best schedule. Uh, it's actually ranked as 
uh, the third best schedule when it comes to tight ends. So you look at their schedule going down the stretch. They've got the Jets this week. Then they've got a Detroit revenge game for him, which I think he's going to blow up in. The Colts, who Fryermuth had a pretty solid game. The Giants and then the Packers. The Giants and Packers are both giving up a lot of points to tight ends. We saw what da- Dalton Schultz did on Thursday night against that Giants team. Two two touchdowns there. Ferguson, I think, was mm-hmm. he was he the guy that also got the the third touch the another touchdown from a tight end position. So I think Hawkinson's going to flourish. I know Justin Jefferson's there. We kind of see at Adam Thielen taking a step back. KJ Osborne's kind of disappeared. Um, so I really think TJ Hawkinson's going to be right up there with Mark Andrews. I don't know if he's going to be in that Travis Kelsey territory, but I'm going to say he is going to be a top three tight end rest of the season. TJ Hawkinson, you heard it here. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every single week he gets more and more involved in that offense. And why not, dude? This was a guy who was I, I was looking back for one of my sports comp classes at 2018 scouting reports today. And um, TJ Hawkinson, like they said, this is undoubtedly one of the best prospects in this draft, you know, and yeah. And tight ends take a little bit of time anyways to come on. You know, it's it's it they normally they don't come in right out of the stretch and just boom right away. I mean, we've seen the development of Kyle Pitts and how that's came about. Obviously, we're still waiting on that. But it, even guys like George Kittle or I mean, Kelsey was good, but not great. Obviously, the upgrade of Mahomes really helped out there. Uh, Mark Andrews, same thing. His first year, he wasn't too much of a of a as much of a target as he is now. So it takes him a little bit of time. And I think Hawkinson is right in his prime, and this is the time that he's going to really shine. Yeah, no, I cannot agree with you more, man. All right, well, that does it for our first three picks of the draft. So going in snake order, come back to me for the next two. Um, first guy that I will go with. And I feel great about this one. We just talked a lot about him on the last Engage 8. And it's going to be George fucking Pickens. I want that guy. Stole it from me. <laughs> I want that guy as my fucking fantasy playoffs wide receiver, man. He's going to take some people to the promised land. This Steelers team really seems like it's clicking as we get towards the end of the season here. Najee looks like he's banged up, so there. That means Kenny Pickett's going to be throwing the ball, he's going to be throwing the rock, and George Pickens seems like he's developing into one of the best wide receivers in the NFL today. And when you take a look at this schedule, dude, it makes your mouth water. They play Baltimore in week one. They're 27th best against wide receiver. And then you've got, in fantasy, and then you've got Carolina. They're a bottom 20 team as far as uh, defending against the wide receiver in fantasy. Vegas, they rank 22nd, so also a bottom 20 team. And then they go, then they play Baltimore again in week 17. So you couldn't ask for a better matchup as far as a fantasy player, a wide receiver in fantasy playoffs. And also, there's going to be a lot of emotion involved in those two Baltimore games. I mean, the Steelers team doesn't have a whole lot to play for anymore. Uh, the Ravens do, but obviously, the Ravens-Steelers rivalry is one of the best in football. Kenny Pickett's going to be slinging the rock in these games. And I think George Pickens wants to make a statement, put a stamp on this rivalry. So, I love George Pickens in the fantasy playoffs, man. Yeah, he was a guy that I've been hyping up, and I was so reluctant to trade him um, because I knew what his fantasy, what it, what his playoff schedule was looking like. Uh, I was able to get Mike Evans in it, which I don't know. We'll see what we can get out of Evans. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love it. And you see the chemistry that's being built between him and Pickett. It's only getting better and better with time against some porous pass defenses. You got to imagine he's going to have every opportunity to get double double digit points in a PPR league week in and week out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, this leads me to my second pick, or fifth overall pick, um, fourth for my team. And I'm thinking I'm going to go quarterback here. I think I want to I want to claim the monopoly on quarterback, if you're calling this a monopoly, because the guy that I'm going to go with is another one of your boys, and it's Jimmy Garoppolo, man. He's, he's, got, he's looking good, man. This team is Super Bowl ready. And all they need is some top-tier play from Jimmy G with such a lot, which is a lot to ask at times. But when you look at this schedule, man, phew, really loving it. I mean, as far as fantasy goes, uh, San Francisco has the best matchups remaining as far as 
quarterback against the quarterback. Uh, they have Tampa Bay in week 14, then they go at Seattle, they play Washington in week 16, and at Vegas in week 17. All very, very good matchups that match up well for Jimmy G. And this offense is really clicking, man. CMC looks like he's there to stay. He's fully implemented in the offense. We saw Debo get more involved last time we saw the 49ers offense clicking. Like, I really do feel great about Jimmy G in the playoffs, man. What do you, I know he's one of your guys. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you, you took all the points there. I mean, he's got all the targets, you know, Debo, IU, Kittle, CMC. Um, they've got the great schedule. The only thing that worries me a little bit is that they might be up in those games and mm -hmm. it, the, the gameplay and the game flow might just be more run oriented, but you, you you can't go wrong with the schedule that he's got on his plate here in the last four to five weeks of the season. Hell yeah, man. All right, well, that puts my team at MCJ running back, Pickens at wide receiver, and Jimmy G at quarterback. So I turn it over to you as you try to build on Kyron and TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, um, I think the next guy I'm going to go with, uh, it's tough. And this is going to be an absolute sleeper that nobody's going to see coming. He might be available. Um, if you're playing in a league that has the 18th week as your championship, this entices that even that much more. Um, actually, no, he plays them in week 17 and week 14. Hmm. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, you heard it. Sleeper. Hmm. Chiefs have a very good schedule down the stretch when it comes to run defenses. They get the Bengals this week. Probably won't play. But then... At Denver, revenge game. Texans, game script. Seahawks, saw what Josh Jacobs did. Then they get the Broncos again in the championship. So he has back-to-back -back revenge games. And you know, you know Andy Reid is going to throw him in there against his former team to get a touchdown or two. I'm, I, I, we see it happen every year. These coaches go out and we get these guys that are written off by one team. You pick them up. And then they go in and they have a great revenge game. So um, it's a deep, deep sleeper. I don't know if you're going to be starting in the next two weeks, but come the fantasy playoff time, he's a name that I would absolutely look out for. And the other thing is nobody's really taken over this Kansas City backfield. Mm -hmm. I know Pacheco's getting the looks. He's getting the carries. He's getting all the opportunity, but he hasn't really done much with it. I know that McKinnon's still going to take a lot of the, the, the receiving work. But I think inside the goal line, they could absolutely be going to Melvin Gordon as their goal line back uh, down the stretch. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I mean, Pacheco was kind of the guy that we were screaming for these past two weeks or past three weeks, ever since he got officially declared the starter over CEH. And he had he had that 100-yard game, and he looked impressive. But ever, it, ever since then, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been fantastic he, he hasn't been what a chief's running back should be like you look at what kareem hunt did this fucking rookie year that's what a chief's running back should be and well and, and i'll put it to you like that i was i was at the game on sunday against the rams end of the third quarter all of the fourth quarter the chiefs had i think at least three yeah they had three possessions inside the red zone they went with an interception a field goal and a field goal all three of those possessions were inside the 10-yard line. So they were all first-and-goal opportunities that the Chiefs had, and they couldn't convert any of them, which tells me, you know, and they were handing it off to Pacheco. He, out of those, what, nine plays that they had inside the 10-yard line, he had at least six of those, maybe even seven. So that tells me that he's getting all the opportunities to score, and he just can't take advantage of it. I know it was against Aaron Donald and the Rams D, but I'm telling you, I, I think this is a great opportunity for Melvin Gordon to go in and, and do pretty well. Fuck yeah, man. I'm with that. I like it. All right. Um, righty. My next pick, I'm going to go with, you alluded to it as far as a schedule for a wide receiver, and I'm going to go with it as a schedule for a quarterback, and I'm going to take Mr. Kenny Pickett. Oh. Oh. Um, this is a great opportunity for Pickett to assert himself as the Steelers starter moving forward. Like you said, they've got great matchups on their hand. They got Baltimore twice. Um, I know that they've got Carolina in there as well. Not the most, you know, formidable defense. It's not the defense that you're going to be like, oh man, I don't know how he's going to do. Raiders are in there as well. Uh, Falcons are in there. I think it's a really good opportunity for Pickett to, like I said, show why he's the starting quarterback. So with my fifth pick, I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. So I've got Pickett, Kyron Williams, um, Melvin Gordon, and TJ Hawkinson. Is that it? 
Am I missing yeah, one? Yeah, uh, you've got, yeah, Kyron, Hawk, then Kenny Pickett. Fourth pick. Yeah. Yep. Pick. So it's back over to you for fifth. Fuck yeah, man. All right. Well, for my fifth pick, I've been looking at it. I think I want to go wide receiver. I think I want to do the stack. Uh, Pickett's at somebody else. And I think it's going to be another young guy that I have a lot of optimism for going into the playoffs. And I think it's going to be Christian Watson, dude. Uh, wide receiver, obviously, out of Green Bay. And he's really been picking it up recently, man. Like, we, there was a lot of debate around Christian Watson when we entered the year because he was injured in training camp and he wasn't able to catch up with Rodgers. So everybody kind of wrote Christian Watson off. Like, hey, he's not going to get the the reps with uh, Dobbs. Dobbs is getting the reps in training camp, so Watson isn't going to be the guy. But Watson, he was obviously the highest uh, draft capital that they spent on a wide receiver I mean, in recent history, like they haven't gone in a lot of second, there's a lot of second round wide receivers outside of what Devonte Adams. Um, but yeah. yeah, so Christian Watson, they put a lot of stock into him, and he's finally starting to click. I mean, we saw him do great things against Philly uh, just the other night, and he's lit. I mean, I'm pretty sure he scored 20 points in three of the last four games, which is phenomenal. Um, and also, this Packers team, you got to think about the position that they're in right now. Obviously, you're not really trying to play to make a playoff spot. Um, I think Rodgers, if he does play out the rest of the year, um, I think he'll look to try to get his young wide receivers more in sync. Um, he'll look to really gain their confidence up because how many things can you really do? For the rest of the season that are going to be productive and i think one of the main things that you can do is try to get on the same page with your wide receivers and it seems like they're already on the same page so i love the things that it means for christian watson and you look at this fucking schedule man um according to fantasy pros they got the eighth easiest wide receiver schedule headed into fantasy playoffs they have a, a bye in week 14 which will be rough but then they play the rams at home in lambeau will be awesome he'll have a great game there then you go play at miami um which is sort of kind of a tough matchup against wide receivers uh but then you go into minnesota week 17 and if you're still playing week 18 you got detroit so really like the matchups really like the vibes for christian watson going into the fantasy playoffs what do you think man yeah i mean he if he's not owned in one of your leagues i don't know what league you're in um yeah. but yeah I think he's going to be on that wide receiver two wide receiver radar because a lot of these teams, you know, Rams, just like the Packers, aren't going to be playing for much. So you want to see what you have out of these young guys that you've got. And is he going to be a, your wide receiver one moving forward or do you need to go elsewhere? So, um, yeah, I think there's a really good opportunity for him. The only thing that scares me is Romeo Dubs coming back. Um, I don't know how that's going to, you know, factor into some of his target share. But the skill set's absolutely there for Christian Watson. Yeah, also another thing, like, if there is a chance that, like, people have been talking that Rodgers just sits out the rest of the year, um, which doesn't seem likely, but if they do catch another loss this week, I mean, anything could happen, you know? And if they do put in... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and if they do put in Jordan Love, who looked really good in throws that he was making on Monday Night Football against the Eagles, he also seemed to have great chemistry with Christian Watson as well. So, you know, you can't yep. really go wrong with whatever quarterback they end up going with. So, yeah, I love Christian Watson headed into the playoffs. All right. So that brings me to my second pick. And I think I got to address the tight end position. Just got to do it. And I think I'm going to go somebody sleepy. But it has been playing really well these past few weeks. It's going to be Greg Dulcich, the Denver Broncos tight end, who's finally starting to pick it up. Uh, there was questions who was going to be the number one tight end in Denver this year. There was a lot of hype over Albert O, but it is most obviously the rookie Greg Dulcich that is the tight end in Denver. According to Fantasy Pros, he's got the second easiest tight end schedule remaining. And he I believe he's tight end five over the past 10 weeks, which is really phenomenal. And then, you, I mean, you look at the schedule down the stretch. against. Take a look here. I know they've got Kansas City twice. Yep. We've um, always played the tight end really badly. Chargers Chargers last week, maybe? Yeah, also. Raiders last week. Okay, so they have Kansas City in week 14. And then they go, who are not a top, a bottom 10 defense against the tight end. But then you play the Cardinals, who are, they are the worst tight end defense. 
Then you go play the Rams, who are a bottom 10 team as well. Uh, you play KC again, and then you play the Chargers, who are the second worst team against the tight end. So you got, as far as schedule, does not get any better uh, outside of Tyler Higby has a better fantasy playoff schedule, but Greg Dulcich is the guy that's getting the work right now. So he's going to be my fantasy playoffs tight end stud as we head into week 14. I like it. I like it. Yeah, he's he's definitely come on the scene. I mean, Russell Wilson hasn't been great, but he's actually profited probably the most from Russell Wilson not being that good because he can't get the ball to Sutton and Judy. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that pick. I, I can't complain with that whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, let's see. I'm at one quarterback, two running backs, and two receivers. Um, I'm going to ask you a question about whether or not we can count this guy or not, and you can tell me no. I will completely understand. Chris Olave. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna throw him in. I was gonna. I, I was thinking about it. Yeah, we can. We can do that. Okay. Just and the reason I said that is because of how good he's oh, been, yeah. and he's kind of come on the scene as you know, not only the number one in New Orleans, but he's wide receiver two. I wouldn't put him in the wide receiver one category, but with his schedule, maybe he'll get there. He's got Tampa. He does have the bye, which obviously hurts. But then he's got Atlanta, Cleveland, and Philly. And Philly has been good, but we've seen what they did this past week. I mean, they let up how many? 34 points, I think, to Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love combined. Um, they haven't been the same Philly pass defense, in my opinion, over the past couple weeks. So um, I think Chris Olave is even with the quarterback issues, I still think he's a top-tier talent, and I don't think that you can go away from him. And the target share, he's getting an immense amount of targets each and every week. He's got the opportunities in the red zone uh, with the, and with the deep ball as well. So I really like Olave a lot. Um, and then my next pick, my second pick here, is going to be somebody a little bit more off the radar, so I won't go as obvious as a Chris Olave. Um, I'm going to go with Jamison Williams. Ooh. This is a guy Good. everybody's been hyping up with. He was put on the, uh, you know, he tore his ACL in that, I think it was national championship game against Georgia last uh, last January. So he's almost a year recovered from that ACL tear. Um, I think he's going to overtake DJ Chark when it's all said and done. He's already been designated for return. They, they went ahead and designated him, which means he's going to be eligible to practice. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but if you look at the line schedule over the next couple of weeks, um, you know, as you're looking – as you're looking at it down the stretch, um, they've got uh, – I know they've got Green Bay in there. They've got Minnesota in there. Um, they've also got – give me one second – the Bears in there, the Panthers in there. The Jets will be difficult. But, you know, if you've got games against the Vikings, the Panthers, and the Bears, three out of the last four weeks of the year, it's pretty good. I think you could take a risk on him, and if he's not picked up yet, I absolutely would pick him up somewhere in that wide receiver – three flex category, I think you can utilize him because the Lions defense isn't great, which means they're going to have to continue throwing the ball, um, which game flow sets up really well for him. So I'm going to go with Jamison Williams as uh, as my second pick. I like that, man. And the Lions, they've been playing really good football lately. I mean, they almost beat the fucking Bills on Thanksgiving, which was almost a shocker. Um, but yeah, this team will continue to play well, and you just plug in Jamison Williams in there, it'll be fucking fantastic. Monra hasn't been the same guy that he was last year at the end of last year, uh, so they really need that spark on offense, especially considering that they traded a guy like TJ Hawkinson. So yeah, I'm with it. Jamison Williams, fantasy playoffs, monster. So, all right. Well, let me, I've got to go running back here. Because MCJ's my guy, first overall pick. But I think I'm going to fill my RB2 spot with Mr. David Montgomery. And I've this is a guy that I've had Duck League. I fucking cannot believe what he's done these past couple weeks. I mean, it was really a question whether or not Herbert or Montgomery was the guy for a while. But it seems to be certifi certifiably David Montgomery now uh, in the pet Well... Khalil Herbert is on the IR, I understand. But it's David McCumry's last year of his contract, so they're going to try to juice every single ounce of football that they got left in him. Um, and with Herbert on IR, they could just kind of wait it out till next year. Um, but in these past few weeks, David Montgomery had 21 against Atlanta, uh, 15 against the Jets defense, which is a stout run defense. And according to Fantasy Pros, he has the fifth easiest running back schedule uh, going into fantasy playoffs um, specifically let me look at who he plays do, 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 do. 
Mm. I know he's got the Lions in there. He's got the Vikings, but the Vikings might be Week 18. Um, he's got the Packers in there as well. Yeah, a lot of divisional matchups. So you got a bye in Week 14, which will hurt a little bit. Uh, but then you play Philly, um, who are the 25th best against running backs in fantasy. Then you play Buffalo, who are toward the middle of the pack. Then you play at Detroit, who are also middle of the pack. But then you get Minnesota, which is a bottom 20 run defense against fantasy running backs. So, yeah, I like the schedule. I like what he's been doing so far. And I wouldn't be afraid of Khalil Herbert coming back off IR. I think Monty's certifiably the guy, especially on the goal line. So I think Monty might carry some teams to the promised land in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I like the pick. I mean, he's proven, too. Like, he's not mm-hmm. a, a guy that is unproven like a Jamison Williams or like a Kyron Williams where you don't know your, if what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get from Monty. Um, and they're, once again, a run-oriented style team. Darnell Mooney going to IR definitely helps his chances as well because that takes away the number one receiver. I know Claypool's there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the opportunity is going to be there for, for Montgomery to have a, a very solid end of the year. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay. So – we were originally going to do uh, two quarterbacks, two running backs, two wide receivers, and two tight ends. But uh, in how many leagues are you starting two tight ends and two quarterbacks? Can't imagine that's very many. So we're calling Audible for time's sake. And for each uh, studs and duds, we're going to do one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. So that officially concludes the studs draft for the fantasy playoffs. And to recap... Uh, my quarterback for the fantasy playoffs is Jimmy G. Uh, Tyler has Kenny Pickett. And then at running back, I have Michael Carter Jr. and David Montgomery. Uh, Tyler has Kyron Williams and Melvin Gordon. Uh, at wide receiver, I have George Pickens and Christian Watson. Those, I really do feel like those could be some playoff winners right there. And then you've got Chris Olave sure. and Jameson Williams. And then at the tight end spot, you got TJ Hawkinson. I got Greg, Greg Dulcich. Um, it's been three weeks since Greg Dolchich uh, scored double-digit points. Um, but prior to that, he scored three weeks in a row of double-digit points. So upon doing some research, I thought that was alarming. But you can't get any better as far as the schedule goes. So Greg Dolchich has my guy at tight end. All right. Well, that does it for the studs draft. Let's roll right into the duds draft. Guys that we don't like heading into fantasy playoffs. Guys that are extremely notable but maybe don't have the best schedules maybe are dealing with some shit on the team maybe their outlook isn't that great but without further ado let's dive into it and uh i'm gonna give you the first pick on the duds draft man because i'm such a nice guy Ooh, alrighty. Hmm. <laughs> i think i'm gonna go with and this might seem as a surprise concerning this guy just ripped off i think it was like 250 all-purpose yards between receiving and uh, rushing last week but i'm gonna go with josh jacobs as my dud um i know he's got the chargers this week but then after that he's got the rams he's got the patriots he's got the steelers and he's got the 49ers that's a pretty brutal stretch as far as run defenses are concerned um you saw what the patriots are able to do to dalvin and company on Thursday night, uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, we know what the 49ers can do. We saw what they were able to do against Kamara. They bottled him up. The Rams, I mean, we were just talking about how stout their defense is against the Chiefs this past week. Uh, and, th- and then the Steelers. It's on the road. It's going to be, I think, a, a 1 p.m. kick, which is a 10 a.m. Vegas kick. Uh, that always bothers me. So, yeah, I, I think Josh Jacobs is still a good running back. But, man, this stretch is brutal down the stretch. I think you're going to see... I don't think he's going to be a top 15 running back. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that down the stretch. It's hard to say that from what he's done uh, in these past couple weeks. But, I, I mean, this is a guy that's kind of bursted onto the scene. I mean, he had a really good rookie year. Um, but then he really got banged up with some injuries and some injuries that linger. Um, he's had some problems with his toe at different times this year. Uh, that was the big thing last year was his turf toe. Couldn't get back on the field. Um, so, I mean, the verdict's not out on whether or not, I mean, he might get banged up in the last stretch of the year. I mean, there's always a chance with a guy like Josh Jacobs. You don't feel great there, and then you look at the schedule, and also this team is starting to play well, and they have a they have a shot. Uh, do, are they mathematically eliminated from playoff contention yet? 
Now that they won, I guess technically no. Um, because they're what they're four and seven, mm-hmm. four and eight now. Four and seven, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean they they could sneak into that final wild card spot. I don't really see it, especially with the wild card teams in the AFC. The last team right now is the Jets at seven and four. You've still got the Patriots, you've still got the Chargers, you've still got the Colts, and the Jags are there. So they're four and seven. The Browns are there as well. So it's the Steelers, the Browns, the Raiders, the Jags, and the Colts that are all four and seven. That's still three games. The Colts are four, seven, and one. Still three games behind that final spot in the AFC. So I don't see it. But no, I mean they're not they're not mathematically eliminated. I mean, I guess technically freaking Denver Broncos aren't mathematically eliminated either at three and eight, but it would be a stretch for them to make the playoffs. Yeah, the only reason I bring that up is because they're probably going to be throwing a lot in these next few games, you know, to try to stay in it. So, yeah, yeah I I can get with that. Josh Jacobs being on the duds list to start. All right. Well, that hands it over to me for the next two picks. And I think I'm going to double up on running back. But the first guy I know that I'm going to go is Saquon Barkley as one of my duds going into the fantasy playoffs. This was a guy that was, yeah, wow. I know, I know. We got to throw out the uh, the heaters on, uh, we can't just fucking mail it in on the duds. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, RB6 on the year. He's been fantastic. Um, earlier in the year, he was probably certifiably the number one running back in fantasy. But if you look at these recent, uh, like these recent outputs, it isn't that fantastic. Like in week eight, he had 15, which ranked as RB 16. Then they had the bye. Then they played Houston, one of the worst run defenses in the league, and he was RB five. Great. Then he plays Detroit, who don't have the best run defense, and he was RB 39 with 5.5 points. And then he's RB 17 against Dallas with only 15 points. So outside of that big boom game against Houston, in the past four weeks, he hasn't been really all that stellar. And you look at his schedule, according to Fantasy Pros, he's got the third worst schedule for running backs headed into the fantasy playoffs. They play in week 14, they play Philly, who are not a top 10 defense, but obviously very stout up the middle. Uh, Then you play Washington, who's been absolutely balling out in the run defense. They are the fourth best defense against fantasy running backs. Uh, Then you play Minnesota, also a very good run defense as far as fantasy goes. Uh, They're a top 15 team. And then you play Indy, who are towards the bottom. But, I mean, you get my role, man. Like, I don't feel great about Saquon heading into the fantasy playoffs because of the schedule, because of what he's been doing recently. And also, the Giants, I mean, now with the Commanders creeping up on him at the same record, they're going to be fighting for this last playoff spot. So, I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, and I think teams are t- and teams are going to force Daniel Jones to right. beat him down the stretch. Um, I know that they've got, like you said, two games against Washington. I think they've got another game against Philly. So, they've got some divisional games down the stretch. Um, and those divisional games tend to be lower scoring as well. Um, I mean, they're, they're still going to rely on Saquon, but yeah, no, it, the, the schedule along with where the Giants are going to be definitely, it definitely convolutes things uh, when it comes to Saquon's outlook on the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. So that's why I've got him leading off my duds team for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but let's dive into my next pick here. And I'm kind of going two ways but hmm, let me look at this guy's stats just to make sure hmm, I can't do it I was going to say Kenny Walker but I can't do it yeah K9 he yeah, I can't do it man is, is, is Rashad coming back okay. no pretty sure he's out okay. for the year alright sweet all right, well, with that, I will go as my second RB of my team and my second member of the Duds list or my Duds team. I'm going to go Miles Sanders, man. Um, this is a guy who is RB 13 overall in the year, um, really started to pick it up uh, in the middle of the year, had 30 points against Jacksonville. Um, but outside of these couple boom games, man, like if you just look at his output, Okay, so he was in that week against Jacksonville. He's RB3 with 29.6 points. 
And then he just played Green Bay, had a fucking fantastic game. He was RB2 on the week, 31 points. But outside of that, dude, he has not had... He has had one fantasy performance over 16 points. And within the past five weeks, he had 13 against Pittsburgh, 15 against Houston, which isn't too bad. But then you've got five against Washington, six against the Colts. So outside of these really big boom games for Miles Sanders, it doesn't look all that great. And from what we saw on Jalen, from Jalen Hurts on Monday Night Football, it seems like they may be just fine running the ball with just their quarterback. Um, but there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Philly uh, in that Philly backfield. And you look at the schedule; he's got the fourth worst running back schedule for fantasy playoffs. Um, you're playing guys down the stretch like do 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 do. Old playing guys like the Giants, Chicago, then you play at Dallas, New Orleans, who are not, who are kind of formidable against the run. I mean, fuck. I mean, tw you play New York at New York, which will be tough in week one, at Chicago, at Dallas. So you play three road games in the fantasy playoffs, which obviously isn't ideal. So yeah, Miles Sanders is going to be the second guy on my Duds team. All right, I like it. I like it. I, I was I was considering um, him as well. One guy that I'm going to go with, and this might be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to go with Leonard Fournette Ooh. as my dud and to fill out my running backs. Um, Rashad White, he's taken over this backfield, man. He Fournette was a scratch this week. I know that he's been a little bit beat up and injured, but this is not a guy that I would be depending on RB2, which is probably where you drafted him at, at the beginning of the year. And he's probably held that 10 weeks into the year. But last week we saw Rashad White take over, get the bulk of the carries. I don't think with Fournette being active that that's going to take away from Rashad White. They really like him, and they like him in the passing game as well. I think Lenny's touches are going to go drastically down, even when he's healthy. I don't know if you're going to see this guy getting – you know, the eight to 10 touches a game, I could see it more being in the five to six range. So I would be very worried if I was a Leonard Fournette owner, um, because not only that, but you do also have to worry about the schedule down the stretch. They do have some decent matchups, uh, which, which, you know, could help him. But you've got New Orleans this week, pretty stout run D. 49ers next week, pretty stout run D. Bengals, you know, things can open up. Same with the Cardinals. But then the Panthers in the final week, and the Panthers have been pretty decent against the run. Um, so, yeah, I would be very worried if, if I was a Fournette owner, and I would not be resting my morals on him. I do not think I would be starting him uh, in the playoffs, especially if you've got options like a Kyra, Kyron Williams um, that, that you can plug in for him. I, I would absolutely be looking elsewhere instead of him. Um, you mentioned Michael Carter. You know, he was one of your drafts as well. I'd probably be starting Michael Carter over, uh, over Fournette down the stretch as well. Um, I just I don't see it from him moving into the rest of the season. Um, Second pick, I'm going to go with Juju oh. Smith-Schuster. Um, Good shit. Yes, I understand he is the Chiefs' number one. I worry about the concussion, and I think he tweaked his ankle as well. So I'm worried about both of those things from Juju. But you look at the matchups. He's got Cincinnati this week, decent. The Broncos are actually pretty solid against the pass, and he's going to be matched up against Pat Sertain. The Texans have weirdly enough, been pretty solid against the pass, too. I think they're, like, uh, opposing wide receivers are 31st as far as points scored against the Texans defense. Um, so that's something else as well. Seattle, I do like that matchup. And then finally, the uh, Broncos again in Week 17. I worry about Juju. I worry about the health. I worry about Miko coming back, back from IR because he'll be back probably in the next two to three weeks. Tony, I don't know. If, I don't think Tony's back. I think he's probably out for the year. Um, Kelsey's still there. I, I worry about Juju moving forward. Yeah, no. I mean, he has the worst schedule among wide receivers, according to Fantasy Pros, going into Fantasy Playoffs. So, yeah, I can get with that. All right. Well, that takes me to my third overall pick. And, dude, as much as it pains me to say it, I didn't want to because I've been hyping this guy up for the past few weeks, obviously, because it's my fucking guy, especially in Fantasy. Said it was matchup proof, but I don't know. Probably not uh, looking at these matchups. And it's going to be Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry's going to be on my duds list. He's going to be my wide receiver to lead off my team. Um, 
I say I've been saying these past few weeks that this matchup is matchup proof. Basically, that Taylor Heineke Terry McLaurin connection is something else. I have never seen that kind of chemistry, or at least on my team between quarterback and wide receiver. It's fucking awesome. But Terry McLaurin basically is single-handedly beating teams these past few weeks. So. A team's bound to say, hey, how about we make uh, somebody else besides Terry McLaurin beat us this week? I think that's what's... Now that the uh, now that the league can finally recognize us as kind of a scary team coming for a playoff spot, I think teams are going to be like, okay, let's legitimately look at the tape. Terry McLaurin's a fucking dude. They're going to shut him down. And uh, it's the same argument that you made with Saquon. They're going to get somebody else besides Terry to beat them. And you look at the schedule headed down the stretch. We play a divisional game week 15 against the Giants, who've been very good. They're the fourth best defense against the fantasy wide receiver this year. And then you play at San Fran the next week, who are also a top 15 team against the wide receiver. Uh, then you play at, uh, versus Cleveland at home. Um, who are ranked 15th against a wide receiver, so exactly middle of the pack. And then you play Dallas, and Terry has never, ever matched up super well against Trayvon Diggs. Um, he had a good matchup last time out, but he's always brought him problems. So I really do hate the schedule for Terry going into it. I think we're going to try to spread it out. Our run game has been looking really good, so maybe we try to control time and possession with that, with Gibby and Brian Robinson, as opposed to throwing the ball down the field guy like Terry McLaurin so yeah he's gonna start off my duds wide receivers all right yeah, yeah I was debating him mostly because of the schedule and mostly because I don't know if the quarterback play can keep yeah. up um it's it's tough I know for you to say that um but but yeah I, w- I would consider him in that list as well yeah Terry yeah, but I mean that means good things for guys like Curtis Samuel and Johan Dotson I think we didn't mention him during our studs list but Johan Dotson when healthy he scored a touchdown in every single game to start the year. So if he can start to get some targets, I mean, he's had some drops these past couple weeks coming off IR. Uh, but if he really can get into the swing of things, Johan might be a guy to look at on the studs list. But uh, let me fill out my duds wide receivers here. Taking a look. All right, I'm going to do it. He's been playing really good. I just traded for him in Duck League. Um, so he's been playing really well. I didn't really want to buy in on him because I've always really been a hater. Uh, but it's going to be Amari Cooper. I think this is a guy that you should go ahead and start to think about sitting in certain matchups during the fantasy playoffs. Uh, according to Fantasy Pros, he's got the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8th worst uh, play. Uh, Eighth worst uh, strength of schedule going into the fantasy playoffs. Um, if you take a look at their schedule here. But my main thing behind this reasoning is that when Deshaun Watson comes back, he's probably not going to be good. Like, he this week, I do not think that he's going to be good, man. Like, he's it's going to take him a while to get the chemistry with Amari, get the chemistry with his boys. It's going to take a while for that offense to cook up. And Amari Cooper next year, wide receiver one material, absolutely. Um, but heading in the fantasy playoffs this year, I know he had a really good week this week, but I can't get with it, man. I, I don't think you should be looking to start Amari Cooper as wide receiver one in uh, fantasy playoffs. Yeah, no, the reasoning behind it definitely makes sense. Um, you know, with getting a new quarterback, it's going to take them a little while to mesh. What do they really have to play for as well? That's the other thing. Um, they've been relying on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt all year. Why would they steer away from that as well? Um, I, I agree. I, I do think Deshaun's going to be pretty good, though. Um, maybe not week one, but I do think by week 15, I think he's somebody that you could probably start in the fantasy playoffs, which, I mean, we could have put him on our studs list because uh, that, that – Definitely could have worked out. Um, but all right, yeah, so back over to me. So I've got my two running backs and a receiver so so far. Um, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with another receiver here. Um, okay. This team, I don't know what the heck's going on with their quarterback. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it's Van Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know that he's going to now be the wide receiver one. Allen Robinson's out. I think they said he probably needs surgery. Um, I know that Cooper Cup's obviously out for the year. I can't imagine they're going to try and rush him back into week 16 or 17. So the opportunities might be there for Van. I worry about who's throwing in the ball. If it is Wolford, might be a little bit of an upgrade from Perkins, but how much? I don't think it's that much. He's got the rest of the season. He's got the Seahawks. He's got the Raiders. Decent matchups, but then you got the Packers, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Um, so th the matchups are decent, but I just worry about who's going to be throwing in the ball. I don't think the opportunities are going to be there. Yes, they might be chasing in games, but their defense could also keep them in, and it could be more of a run-oriented game. So I'm going to have to go with Van Jefferson, um, mostly just because of who's going to be playing quarterback for him. Um, and, and that's why I've, I've got him where I've got him on my duds list. Um, quarterback. Let's let's switch over to the QB position. This one might hurt some people. Um, because I think this guy has been a, a rejuvenation this year. I think he's caught a lot of us by surprise. Um, but I'm gonna go with Geno Smith. I think the luck has run out a little bit with with Geno Smith. Um, next couple of games, he's got the Rams this week. Then he's got the Panthers. Then he's got the 49ers, which is his worst game of the season. Kansas City, it's at Kansas City. It's probably going to be shitty weather. Uh, and then the Jets in the final week of the year, and we know what Sauce Gardner has been doing and, and the rest of that Jets defense uh, against, you know, a decent Seahawks line, something that's really improved, especially with the addition of Charles Cross. Um, but I, I I don't think you can rely on Geno as your starting quarterback moving down the stretch. I think you want to look elsewhere, maybe in, like, the direction of a Jimmy Garoppolo like we talked about. Um, I don't know if I'd start Kenny Pickett. It's close, but I'd probably go with Geno. Um, but the fact that it's even a discussion shows you how I feel about him moving into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, Gino was a great, you hey, you know, it's bad when you start. It's a great, it was a great story. It was a great story. Like, you know, it's bad when you say that. Right. But it was a great story. I fucking love Gino Smith, but I think the time has run out. And I'll say this, if, if, if he proves me wrong, I mean, he might be the Seahawks starter moving forward. You know, if he's able to take this team to a playoff berth, I could absolutely see him being uh, being a Seahawks starter going into next year. Yeah, people wrote him off, but he didn't write back. That's one of the best fucking <laughs> there it of is. all time, dude. Like, that's fucking great. Um, but, all right. Let me dive into my picks uh, to round out my duds list. And I got a good quarterback here. And I think this is pretty cut and dry for me. Dak Prescott is my quarterback to be sitting. Uh, my quarterback to be a dud in the fantasy playoffs, man. LaShawn McCoy was just talking about it the other day on the, his podcast. This guy's not it. Dak Prescott is not it, dude. Like, I I can't wait for everybody to see how much of a fraud this guy is. Like, I really do think that the Cowboys may have, if not equal, a better chance of winning football games with a Cooper Rush at quarterback. I mean, this guy really hasn't done anything super special coming off injury, man. I mean... Scored 12 points in his return against Detroit, 25 against Chicago, bye, 19 against Green Bay, okay, 21 against Minnesota, okay, you scored up into the 20s, that's good, um, but then he finished quarterback 17 last week against the Giants, like, uh, that's pretty shitty, man, I mean, he has three performances outside of the top 16 at the quarterback position uh, in games that he played that he was healthy, so... I don't love it, and you look at the strength, the as far as uh, strength of schedule goes, he has the second hardest schedule going into fantasy playoffs, according to fantasy pros. Uh, you look at it, you've got Houston in week 14, who are the third best defenses against quarterbacks so far this year, surprisingly, and then you go at Jacksonville in week 15, who are sort of the middle of the pack. And then you got Philly, which will be a really tough matchup. They're the best defense against quarterbacks so far this year. And also a divisional matchup with Philly will be trying to win hard at home. Um, then they play Tennessee in Week 17, who have also been outplaying their expectations on defense this year. So I really don't like Dak heading into the fantasy playoffs, man. I haven't liked what I've, saw, I've seen from Dak at all this year in general. I think the team around him is one of the best built offensively teams in the league, if not the best. But I really don't think Dak Prescott is the guy at quarterback, especially not in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, his schedule was something that was really worrisome of me. Um, I think that you know, he, they are going to have to rely on him down the stretch, though, you know, to propel them to this playoff berth. 
Um, but yeah, I, I do worry about his schedule, especially the, like you said, the pass defenses, even the Texans are, are pretty good against the pass might be game script too. You know, you get up big in some of those games and then you just run the ball with Zeke and Pollard. So all that absolutely plays into uh plays into a factor when, when you're looking at Dak and, you know, him being on the dud list, obviously if you've got him, you're probably starting him, but it might not be a foregone conclusion. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. You're probably going to start Dak Prescott, but if there's a guy available like a Kenny Pickett, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, the throw on your bench right now and we watch that first matchup in the first week of the fantasy playoffs and see out a Dak hey that wasn't that great maybe you throw in a guy like Jimmy G or Kenny Pickett to lead you to the promised land um so that's my quarterback on my duds list and now I need to round it out with my tight end and this is a guy that I have a lot of stock in so it kind of hurts to put him on my duds list but it's going to be Dallas Goddard uh Dallas Goddard he really just had that one good game um, I forget who it was. It was in prime time. Was it on Sunday? Might have been against Minnesota. Um, I feel like it was more recent than that for some reason. Or was it Was it against Dallas on Sunday night? It was against Houston on Monday. Yeah. Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah, Thursday yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yep. Because it was during the World Series, and there was like, oh, the Eagles and Phillies are both playing right, right. now. Yeah. Um. So, like, you look at his boom performances – he finishes tight end four, scoring 17 against the Cardinals, and he finishes the top tight end, scoring 24 against Houston. And I know you can't expect a whole ton out of tight ends, but he's only finished as a top five tight end one, two, that's it, twice. He's only finished as a top five tight end twice, and this is a guy that people all of a sudden want to anoint, or before he got it, ended up on the IR, they wanted to anoint him as the third best tight end in fantasy unequivocally. And I was one of those guys for a little bit, dude. But you look, when you look at the production and you look at him coming off IR, I mean, he's it. the Eagles seem to start leaning towards more of a run. I mean, they've been run-oriented all year, uh, but they are even more heavily run-oriented now. That means less good things uh, for the pass game. And you got a lot of mouths to feed. Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard. Like, Dallas Goddard's the third option on a run-first team. And he's got, according to Fantasy Pros, the second-worst uh, strength of schedule going into the fantasy playoffs. Um, in Week 14, they played the Giants, who are middle of the pack against the tight end. But... I mean, as I was mentioning with Miles Sanders earlier, they play three road games in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, they go at Chicago in week 15, who are sixth best against the tight end in fantasy. They go to at Dallas in week 17. They're third best against the tight end. And then you play New Orleans at home, but they're the best defense in the NFL right now against the fantasy tight end. So all signs point towards the negative for Dallas Goddard. So that's why he's going to round out my team of duds. Mine final pick is going to be a tight end as well, obviously. And I'm going to go with David Njoku, um, guy that is kind of returning from injury as well. I know he has those highlight plays, like he had the one-handed touchdown this past week on fourth down. Um, I know he was getting some targets from Brissett. But once again, you know, you're talking about that chemistry with Watson coming back. We'll see what happens there. Um, but I just I haven't trusted this, this guy all that much this season, and I don't know if I can trust him now. Um, he's got Houston, which is pretty good against tight end. You mentioned the Saints. He's got them on the schedule. And then he's got divisional matchups with Cincy and Baltimore. And then finally against Washington to round out the season. Um, so I, I really do worry about what he can do um, with the new quarterback and with no chemistry. And like I said, also coming off the injury as well, both those things. Yeah, for sure. No, legitimate concerns. I mean, Jay and Joko, according to Fantasy Pros, he's got the same or the same level of schedule, the same difficulty of schedule as Dallas Goddard. So both those guys, really tough schedules going down the stretch. So, all right, man. Awesome. Fuck yeah. All right, let's recap it for everybody out there. And hopefully we can get an Instagram post up with these just so we can let the family know what guys to sit and what guys to start in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but... It is to at both the, at the quarterback position. Uh, Tyler has Geno as his dud. I've got Dak as my fantasy playoff dud. At the running back position, he's got Leonard Fournette and Josh Jacobs. I've got Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley. Then for the wide receivers, uh, Tyler has Juju Smith-Schuster and Van Jefferson. 
Uh, I've got Terry McLaurin, my very own, and then I've got Amari Cooper as well. And then as our tight ends to round out the duds list, I've got Dallas Goddard and you've got David and Joku. So that was a hell yeah. First time we've ever done that segment. I feel pretty good. Fucking good about that, man. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that was a, a really good, uh, really good draft that we had. And hopefully we're able to give you guys some positive advice. Um, you know, on, on either starts or sits when it comes to studs and duds and, and hopefully you're able to uh, get some wins uh, and bring home some championships. Amen. Amen. Well, that does it for our very first ever special edition of studs and duds, the fantasy playoff edition, as we near ever closer to that week 14 matchup uh, that usually people start at week 13 sometimes, but not too often. But yeah. As we roll into fantasy playoffs, hope you can take that info and have it carry you to the promised land. Uh, but yeah, we will catch you later this week on our Power Rankings episode and our preview episode for this week. But until then, take this information and have it lead you to a fantasy championship. Peace!